how's a lifestyle client only eating 25, 30, 35 grams of fat? Even if they're on HRT, which I'm going to touch on in a minute, it makes absolutely no sense. It makes no sense. And they come, they don't feel well, or they aren't having cycles, or um, they're not stable with their mood, or they don't feel like they're, they're making progression. Well, Dude, like fats have a huge role in metabolic processes as well. Adrenal health as well. You can't find me someone, and this happens all the freaking time in competitors because they're on these habitual low-fat diets. It makes no sense. Bodybuilding and dieting has gotten out of control. What is happening? Welcome back to your favorite podcast, the Gordai Podcast. I'm Justin Mahaley, and today I am going to go over seven fitness trends that we are leaving in 2023. And there's a very important message at the beginning of this show, so make sure you tune in. And without further ado, I'll see you inside. I could have come up with about 87 fitness trends that we're going to leave in 2023. I came up with only seven um, because, you know, you think you guys are going to like this episode. Gives me more ammo to do some more. But number one, you guys, okay, training content is being posted all over the internet now. Holy crap. And there's this myopic view that people love carving out to overcomplicate what's going on within training and these little minutia details that like don't actually matter. That's why I started doing the green screen posts with my athletes showing like, Hey dude, this is what we're focusing on. This is what we needed to change. This is where we are at mentally and also biomechanically through this set. And you guys have had an amazing response. Those are some of my best performing posts. So I'm going to continue doing those, but you guys, it's really, really it boils down to how much effort you're going to be able to give and what's the precision accuracy behind the set that you're performing. If we're going to be relying on our really heavy back training to build up our biceps and not do much direct bicep work, then you're going to be displeased with the result. Trust me, I did that for years and that's why I had terrible arms for so long. If you're relying on not hitting every single head of the delt and you want big delts, but you press or you pull or you whatever, I made that same mistake for a long time. You are going to need to directly hit every single one of them. If you think you're going to get big legs without training adductors, it's not going to happen. Like all of this stuff is directly in front of you and all you have to do is apply effort. But I think that we get, tr we get caught up in this minutia. Um, I may, I talked about this in the post of people who never progress. There's people just caught up in the minutia of these little tiny variables and Within these little tiny variables, they're so hyper fixated on them that they're not actually putting forth any sort of effort in the gym. And they might say they beat their logbook from last week to into this week, but there still wasn't much perceived effort. So you beat your logbook, but you were still like 10 RIR because you were so focused on the minutia and, oh no, like my elbow twinged out just a little bit on this rep. So I decided how to be done. Like, dude, if you're training hard, that's going to happen at like literally 10 RIR. Uh, we got to be able to push through that. So overcomplicating training, your coach should be watching your training footage. If they're not, I'm sorry, you hire team Haley and we're going to take care of all your training footage for you. Um, but it's in send training footage 
get feedback, apply the feedback. Number two, low fat diets. We are leaving them in 2023. Now this isn't one of those myth busting diet trend breaking things. This is just real. This is raw. What do you think your brain is made of? It's made up of a conglomerate of fat. And this is why your fat intake matters so much. You can look at someone's diet and you can know where their mental health is at. You have a shit ton of fried food. You're going to be um, unhappy because you're taking in all of these trans fats or saturated fats that just aren't going to be very good for us. And the reality of the situation is the more mono and poly unsaturated fats that we have in our diet, the less inflammation we're going to have, period. They also, they, they maintain the fluidity and flexibility of neuronal membranes, which is essential for proper function. So it allows the function of neurotransmitters and the messages to go back and forth in a much more adequate manner. Directly, they directly enhance mood, memory, cognitive function. I mean, think back on it. You've never actually had a meal of like some avocados and felt super sad after, right? Like you have a salmon, brown rice and avocado meal. You're not sad after it. Like <laughs> you're just not. But when you have this nasty meal of fried foods, you know the exact feeling I'm talking about. You just don't really feel quite right. Now, with that being said, I think that we should be attuned enough with our body to understand as soon as we take something in and then the effect that we feel thereafter, I think we should know exactly what that means. In 2024, every single one of you need to be attuned with what makes you feel good and do more of that shit. It doesn't matter what it is. Like recently bodybuilding style training hasn't made me feel good. So I've switched up my training a little bit. I do like these giant supersets in the gym. I, I don't even know what I'm doing. I look at what I'm doing. I'm like, damn, like three years ago, Justin hates you, but I'm, I'm having fun with it. I'm about to start doing some movement correction courses with Jared, um, which sounds like fun. I'm training with Chris tomorrow morning on it, like me training on it because though moving makes me feel good. Weight training doesn't make me feel great right now. And this applies everywhere in life. The meals that make you feel good, the friends that make you feel good, the activities that make you feel good. No one hits their water intake. No one gets seven and a half hours of sleep and just like hates it and just is pissed that they did that for themselves. So more of what makes you feel good. All right, you guys. So I don't run paid ads and stuff on my show because, um, well, quite frank, I'm not super lying with anybody, but also I just love the flow of how the Grow It I podcast goes. So how you can give back to me if you could share this wherever you share stuff it could be linkedin it could be instagram it could be twitter and you just tag the grow or die page tag me in it if you'd like to that would help me so much as i continue to grow this show into eventually doing it in america tour in 2024 and try to come to a city near you to have some amazing guests on i appreciate it a ton now let's get back to the show fats specifically the healthier fats like the omega-3 fatty acids they provide the necessary backbone for cholesterol which is obviously very important for steroid hormone synthesis like testosterone and estrogen so if we have inadequate levels of fat intake which i see all the freaking time like how is a lifestyle client only eating 25 30 
35 grams of fat, even if they're on HRT, which I'm going to touch on in a minute, it makes absolutely no sense. It makes no sense. And they come, they don't feel well, or they aren't having cycles, or um, they're not stable with their mood, or they don't feel like they're, they're making progression. Well, dude, like fats have a huge role in metabolic processes as well. Adrenal health as well. You can't find me someone, and this happens all the freaking time in competitors because they're on these habitual low-fat diets. It makes no sense. Bodybuilding and dieting has gotten out of control and so far away from any sort of backbone of health. But your, 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 your adrenals, your adrenal health is heavily supported by fats. They're crucial for the production of, of stress related hormones like cortisol. And you may be like, well, we don't want more cortisol. Yeah, dude, cortisol is a good thing. Cortisol is not a bad thing. If you never felt cortisol, you would have no fight or flight response. If, if your cortisol is just tanked all the time, your insulin would be running absolutely wild and you'd definitely end up being extremely fat. Like, what do you think breaks things down? Cortisol. So like, there's this healthy balance of insulin and cortisol that you have to have for you to not store too much, but also not break down too much to where your body's in this just right homeostasis. Fats are extremely important for this. Now, I promised that I would talk about people on HRT, the mono, the polyunsaturated fats. They're extremely important for cellular health, including the cells that are responsible for utilizing hormones. So it's like, you don't have these fat sources in there and you're pump and hormone in there and your free test isn't going up, your total test is going up. Well, yeah, it's because you don't have any fat intake or at least not the right types of fat. Mono and polyunsaturated fats, they're extremely important for us. Now, they also are extremely important for our heart health. Um, saturated, trans fat, they're terrible for heart health. They directly contribute to arterial plaque buildup. Um, Mono and polyunsaturated, they lower LDL, they increase HDL. Obviously, this uh, reduces the risk of heart disease. Um, polyunsaturated fatty acids, they have very strong anti-inflammatory properties. Obviously, um, inflammation is a direct indirect production with tons of chronic diseases. Um, weight management, the these Mono and polyunsaturated fats are very well metabolized by the body. They can reduce the risk of obesity-related complications. Um, yeah, the, the systemic inflammation, I mean, if your diet is high and poly and monounsaturated fats, then you're probably not going to have much uh, inflammation byproduct. And, you know, something that we're seeing in bodybuilding, and this one's more about fitness. I'm doing another podcast after this more pertaining to bodybuilding, which is why my brain is a little bit there. But something we see is like you push these drugs really high and then you push drugs high and it's like, oh, well, you know, like the fat sources like don't matter much or it's like fucking peanut butter, like almond butter, which I like, do. I love those too, but th th those aren't contributing much to our overall heart health. Um, like extra virgin olive oil is and, and walnuts will and avocados will and salmon and mackerel, things like that. Um, but we're seeing this inflammation drive up and like your cheeks are puffy and it's like, yeah, you have abdominals. Yeah, great. Your cheeks are puffy as shit and you have abdominals. Come on. Like the, you, the, these people. And, and then you start getting things like rhabdo and you get rhabdo like three times a year. And it's like, dude, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like at some point there has to be an intelligence marker that needs to be established that like, Hey, for you to partake in such reckless activities, you have to be over this level of IQ. So you actually take care of yourself. But the inflammation reduction is huge for bodybuilders because 
Guess what happens when you have lower inflammation? You get to train more. You get to recover better. You get better pumps in the gym. You get better output in the gym. You get better sleep so you recover better. Your hormones that you put into your body are used better. I mean, fuck. And we're here with these low-fat diets all over the place eating fucking almond butter to match our fucking macros. I mean, it makes no sense how stupid this is. Next point. If you can't tell, I'm passionate about this. I hope the uh, Instagram live people are enjoying this. Shout out to you guys. Comparison to others on social media, we're done with it. If Goob has showed us anything, Goob has showed us that everyone's lying. Nobody actually looks like that. And for the ones who actually do, my friend Chris Williamson, this comes from him. He has this thing. And his thing is that anyone who got really freaking good at one thing did so by neglecting everything else. So you're looking at their physique like, oh my God, like I would do anything to look like whoever. Anything, huh? Anything. You sure you want to trade them financial places? You sure you want to trade them emotional control and intelligence places? Do you know what their vice is? Do you know what their outlet is? What substances they abuse? Maybe not direct actual like drug substances, but other forms of substance. Do you know what their social life looks like? Dude, I'm not like trying, I'm not trying to be like that guy. I'm very fortunate to be friends with a lot of people who are heavily looked up to in this world. And I would not trade places with a single one of them. And I guarantee that you wouldn't either. Anyone who you look at on this massive um, um, pedestal, they have their shit. And for those of you who look at me on this massive pedestal, I appreciate you for that. But I have my shit too that is probably undesirable for you. The way that I don't stop working when I feel like there's a certain something that we need to hit that I'm making up in my head, it completely destroys and brings people around me down. Um, my ability to just shut off emotions towards somebody who shows me a side of them that I think might be akin to leaning into taking advantage of me is uncanny and it can be perceived as not being positive. Um, I am far too generous with like giving. I give opportunity. I give money. I give these things. And it's typically in places that aren't deserved or that put me in position to get taken advantage of. And then I have heartache and heartbreak because of those things. There's things that I have that you just don't want to partake in and, and your life might actually be better than mine. And that's just me. That's, I mean, that's just, I'm just like being a thousand. I'm far more well-rounded than most of these people. And there's a lot of shit that's less than ideal. My brain never turns off. I lay down at night, even when I do all the things right and ideas just start fucking cranking and they never stop. And my brain is going a trillion miles an hour at all times. Like, that's just me being vulnerable, being real to show you one little tiny subset of you don't want to be the people that you idolize on social media, but idolizing the thing and taking blips of the thing and instilling it into your life, that can be conducive. But if you had a button right now and you think about the person you idolize and admire the most, you would not change them positions. I promise you, I promise you that all the stressors you have in life right now, they might be able to mirror and take away from you, but the bigger stressors that they have, maybe they're fucking shit people. And 
I say maybe quite loosely. They could be. They might be. And then you got to be that. So if you want one thing, you got to have all the things. And I just want you to have that perspective as we go further and further into 2024, because this year we're only doing shit that makes us feel good. So we compare ourselves to other people who you are probably fucking better than anyways. It doesn't make us feel good. Next on the list, gender-specific workouts. Men should hip thrust. Women should chest press. Everyone should get strong for their body weight. I'm sorry, but the people who are selling you on, oh, well, you know, like, men should do this and like women should do that. That's bullshit. They're just doing it. It's back. It goes back to the overcomplication of training. They're focusing on these little myopic things, bone structure, anatomy. This is universal language. You have your goals that are going to vary between men and women. You know, women want to have really strong and developed lower bodies, maybe just enough quad to make there be balance, some cap shoulders, but most women don't want to have these bulging pecs, right? Men want to have the show me muscles and all of that stuff. And that's fantastic. Find a well, they don't care as much about the, um, uh, lack of balance from top to bottom. They want to be balanced enough, but probably have a little bit of a bigger upper half. I mean, that doesn't change the fact that men should hip thrust, women should chest press, and all of the exercises are you can be custom fit based on your biomechanics to you. I saw, and I'm not even going to get started in that because I'm going to fucking throw that person under the bus. <laughs> the importance of blood glucose, you guys. I do ten T impact calls per week, or a discovery call to see if I'm a good fit for somebody. And fortunately, TM is building out a sick sales team right now, so that we are going to be able to service even more people with much better service through this, which I'm really excited about. But that's happening right now. So I won't get to hear this as much, but I'm on the phone with people and we're like talking about things they've done with previous coaches, things that they like, things that they dislike. I show them, kind of, I bring them into my WhatsApp and I show them kind of how I operate and how the service here works, yada, yada. And the amount of people that don't understand the blood glucose component is massive. I thought everybody was doing that. So a very brief overview that I wrote down for you guys. Insulin is obviously a hormone produced by the pancreas. Glucose going into the body stimulates this how much insulin is released by the pancreas is dependent on how much glucose comes in, but also your insulin sensitivity, which is basically just how responsive your cells are to insulin. When you're very insulin sensitive, it allows cells to use blood glucose more efficiently. This reduces the risk of high blood sugar, associated complications, yada, yada. When you are insulin resistant, that means your blood glucose levels are consistently high means cells also can become unresponsive to insulin that is not good. It's a precursor to type 2 diabetes. Associated with other metabolic disorders, obesity, metabolic syndrome, affects thyroid, affects your gut health. We need to know what our freaking blood glucose is throughout the week. We need to know what foods do to our blood glucose. This is a direct indicator of long-term health. If you look up the Netflix show about health zones or whatever it is, and they're talking about all these different health zones, how are the healthiest people in the world eating all these foods that drive their blood glucose up? Well, great question. I'm glad you asked. They're pairing it with mono and poly unsaturated fats like we discussed earlier in the show. They're pairing it with veggies and the fiber helps delay lay the digestion so it it can blunt some of that um uh, insulin response they're, they're they're not just pounding like 600 grams of jasmine rice and 200 grams of chicken breast ooh, like bodybuilder like this such a stupid fucking way of dieting 
It honestly is. And I say that coming from a place of understanding, like, dude, I got some clients doing that. I do, because food's got to be that high. But fuck, dude, it's so bad. And like long term and over the course of a day, you've got to correct it in other areas. You have to. It's not just food in and food out, dude. It's not even close to that. So the reason why meal plans are so much more effective than macro-based dieting. Um, but whenever your blood glucose is high as well and you take in fat, you're, you know, you're going to be storing most of that as fat. Um, again, mono and polyunsaturated fats can be very conducive, beneficial. I've never seen a single person in my life get fat from eating salmon and mackerel and avocado, extra virgin olive oil. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that doesn't exist if I'm being 100% honest with you. You can definitely get fat eating like, what is that, 8515 beef? That's so gross. Eating pork, eating the lower quality forms of fat that aren't very conducive for our metabolic health. Definitely seen that. Uh, blood glucose definitely impacts hunger directly spikes in blood glucose followed by rapid drops. You're going to be hungrier. Uh, so like you have candy or something like that. It's going to make you hunger in the end. Stable blood glucose helps control the cravings. This is why in a contest prep dining phase, again, that 500 jasmine rice and 200 chicken breasts. It's why you're so fucking hungry after that meal still. Um, still. So it could be very beneficial to pour in some extra virgin olive oil and then people be like, oh my God, but it's fat intake. And, God, we are so missing the mark there. I should do a whole podcast about that. Um, back to the whole feeling good thing. Like when it comes to carbohydrate intake, what do you feel good after? You know, you feel good after veggies. You know, you feel good after fruits. You're you know, probably going to feel pretty decent, um, you know, after lower GI carb options about sweet potatoes probably feel good after like a lot of people don't actually feel great after eating jasmine rice. Like I personally feel unbelievable. It's one of my favorite foods. Um, but we need to be setting up our, our, our diet for better long-term health. We really do. Uh, the last one on this podcast, cause now I'm starting to get into the bodybuilding thing. Last one on this podcast, you can't build muscle cause of X, Y, Z. Yes, you can. Okay, so let's get that out of the way. Yes, you can build muscle. I'm very fortunate to work with a lot of master's age people, uh, whether it be competitors or lifestyle people. Um, I might have more 50-year-old clients than anybody else in this industry and salute to you guys. That's also a great testament to who I'm attracting. They're very mature. They, they pay their bills. <laughs> I love working with them. They're fantastic. But I mean, I see them building muscle. I see their physiques changing. I see 44-year-old women changing. I see postmenopausal women changing, women who are going through menopause. I see them changing. At the end of the day, hypertrophy is a byproduct of stimulus. If you train hard enough, you eat adequate protein, you make good decisions with your food, you don't have low hormones. So maybe that's HRT or maybe it's like we talked about earlier in the show about mono and polyunsaturated fats. If all of these things are happening, if all of these things are happening, you're going to build muscle. Period. So whatever excuse that you have, you need to throw it out the window. It's not, it doesn't exist. And if you don't think you can do it on your own, reach out to me. I will guide you to somebody who can absolutely help you. I'm currently full myself on my roster, but there are unbelievable people who can help you. Um, and if you're really dead set on working with me, 
it hit me up. We can decide a date that it was going to work best for both of us to get started. That being said, seven fitness trends. We are leaving in 2023. I hope you guys enjoy. Share it with your friends and make sure to tune in to Instagram slash TikTok slash Facebook live next time. I'll see you guys. Love y'all. Peace.